Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Wild-Smith. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing with you some of my podcasts that have made the list of being the best of conquering the seeds of destruction. Now, whether this is your first time hearing the podcast or you remember it from before, I pray that it will provide help and encouragement to you in your life. Now, today I'm going to cover another root that can form from the seed of idols if you continue to listen to the voice of the enemy instead of God's voice. And this root is called the root of selfishness. So let's go ahead and define it. Selfishness means concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. It also means seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. Now the scripture reference that I use comes from Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 through 5 and I'm going to actually share this from the New Living Translation version which says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And again, that's Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. I think these scriptures sum it up best when dealing with selfishness. The goal is to do verse 5, which says to have the same attitude, or in some translations it says the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. Now, that seems easy enough to do, but unfortunately, it happens to be one of the hard things to do because it is reflected actually when you look in our society today. When you think of the root of selfishness, it is a root that has been dealt with frequently, actually way before this root was even discussed. Selfishness has been something to actually deal with since the beginning of time. It was Adam's and Eve's selfishness that actually Eve had when she was in the Garden of Eden that kind of started this route. And ever since, man has had the power to know good and evil. Now, of course, the enemy didn't give man the privileged information that they would experience suffering if they ate the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But as you know, that's what actually happened. Suffering did take place, and the rest, of course, is history. The root of selfishness has been wreaking havoc since the beginning of time. Man has allowed its interests and opinions and even decision-making to cause division with people, and more importantly, with God. If people's characters look more like God, if people spent more time with God, if people were more conscious of representing him 
as one of his children, I really do believe that the world would look a lot different. Man's selfish nature has allowed them to get caught up in all the things of the world that it just makes it harder for man to function sometimes. What ends up happening is that man loses sight in what it needs to be doing for God. Now, there may be physical sight, but there is not much spiritual sight or light, I should say, that is flowing in you. You must be able to hear and experience God so that you know which direction you need to go in. As you have dealt with the root of selfishness in your own life, how has it affected you? What has been the hardest thing that has happened to you when you operated in selfishness? What were you seeking after? Was it worth it? How did you repair the situation if it went down a negative path? Hopefully and prayerfully, things were not traumatic in your life. But I do recognize that each person has their own limits. Depending on what your expectations are and what type of gain you are seeking after can actually determine how far you will go when you are operating in your selfishness. When you are in this route, you must find a way to put the brakes on so that you won't allow your life to spiral downward into a path of destruction. Of course, the enemy would want nothing less of that. When his voice is reigning in your mind and you find yourself wanting to operate in your own desires and lust, how do you handle that? Have you been able to resist his temptations? Hopefully so, because the enemy will try to come at you in your most vulnerable of times because he knows how hard it will be to resist his temptations. The enemy knows what you like and what you don't like. And he also knows what things you have been struggling with. But let me also say, God knows too. You must put your trust in God and not all of the other voices and things that other people are trying to tell you to do. When you are weak, that is when you must find a way to seek God even more. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And again, that's 2 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 10. When you are trusting in God and leaning on him completely, then you will have a different mindset. I am not saying that it will be easy and that things won't affect you because they really will still affect you, probably sometimes even harder. I am just saying that when you keep leaning on him, you will start to see that some things that used to bother you it doesn't bother you like that anymore. And it doesn't cause you also to get off your plan that God is trying to get you on or even just the path that you are on. 
So now let's go ahead and look at our example again with the Babylonians. And so I'm going to be sharing Isaiah chapter 47 verses 10 through 15, which says, you felt secure in all your wickedness. No one sees me, you said. Your wisdom and knowledge have caused you to turn away from me and claim I am self-sufficient and not accountable to anyone. So disaster will overtake you suddenly and you won't be able to charm it away. Calamity will fall upon you and you won't be able to burn your way out. A catastrophe will arise so fast that you won't know what hit you. Call out the demon hordes you have worshipped all these years. Ask them to help you strike terror into the hearts of people once again. You have more than enough advisors, astrologers, and stargazers. Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. But they are as useless as dried grass burning in a fire. They cannot even save themselves. You will get no help from them at all. Their heart is not a place to sit for warmth. And all your friends, those with whom you have done business since childhood, will slip away and disappear, unable to help. And again, that's Isaiah chapter 47, verses 10 through 15. As you can see from the scriptures, God still continued to show what was going to happen to the Babylonians. He shared how they considered themselves as self-sufficient and knowledgeable and that they were not accountable to anyone. They looked to astrologers and advisors and stargazers and even other gods for counsel and direction. As a result, God said to call back on those groups when you are needing some help since you seem to believe and trust in them more. Also, the friends that you thought that you had built a relationship with are now gone, so you won't be able to depend on the help that you thought that you could depend on. One of the things that you see very clear is the relationship that God had with his children, even in their disobedience. You also see how he would punish the Babylonians for all that they had done throughout the years. God saw them, and he also saw that they didn't have repentant hearts, so they would have to eventually face God's consequences. God knows what you have done and what you are currently doing. That is why it becomes so important to come to him and ask for forgiveness when you have sinned. He already knows anyway. He wants to see how sincere you are going to be though. Each day brings on its battles when it comes to the root of selfishness. It can be something on the job, in a relationship, with a family member, or even a friend. Regardless of what or who it is, there are times that you think about pleasing yourself more than you do about pleasing someone else. Initially, you may not even think that you are causing any harm because you just look at it as getting something that you want. 
As you start to hear the concerns and feelings of others, however, it is at that time that you realize that you have been operating in a selfish manner. The question at that point becomes, are you going to continue to try to get what you want? Or are you going to put self to the side and listen to what others may want or need from you? When you are building a relationship with God, it becomes crucial that you are denying yourself so that you can listen and be obedient to God. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And again, that's Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Now, in this verse, Jesus makes it clear that if you are going to follow him, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross, basically meaning to just identify with Christ by taking up your own cross to death, but more importantly, just to be able to follow him in everything, in all that he experienced, even the suffering that he experienced. In following Christ, are you willing to deny everything? Are you willing to let go of all of the things of this earth in order to follow him? When Jesus called the disciples, they dropped everything to follow him. They didn't say, I will just try tomorrow or maybe next week or when I'm ready. They didn't say, I need to check to see what I have to do on my job. They didn't say, I need to go tell my family goodbye first. They didn't say that my schedule is full right now, but maybe later I'll do something. They immediately dropped everything to follow him and to be committed to him. Now granted, they may have had a few hiccups before Jesus ascended into heaven, but they were trained and taught the purpose of the gospel and the expectations from it. Now let's be perfectly clear. They knew the expectations and the purpose of the gospel so well that they were willing to die for it, and most of them did. Following Christ is costly, but the reward afterwards will be worth it. You know that you're going to be able to live eternally with God, and that's what you should always strive to obtain. God wants it also. But you just have to make sure that you are following the will of God. Now, I see actually that I am running out of time. So please come back and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email destruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this radio journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. 